Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Hi, welcome to The Bee's Knees. This is PJ Ewing, your host. And I've got a really interesting and very useful article about anesthesia for you today that I'm going to uh, relate to you. It was originally published in a place called Edition by India Bottomley, and it was uh, published earlier in the year in 2019. And I thought it was useful for everybody on this podcast as well as for our blog at x10therapy.com. It's called the X10 Metablog. So I'm going to go through this with you right now. It was originally written for primarily for people that are going through plastic surgery, but they go into such depth about anesthesia that I thought it would be useful for us as there are uh, applications for anyone going through general anesthesia, total knee replacement, manipulation under anesthesia, etc. So let's get into the article. For anyone considering a surgical procedure, one of the biggest concerns is about anesthesia and the potential risks associated with it. But even if you are considering a minimally invasive procedure, you will likely be given some form of anesthesia in order to make the procedure as comfortable as possible. Anesthetics are drugs administered to reduce sensitivity to pain. There are many types of anesthetics, from topical numbing creams to drugs that are administered intravenously through an IV. The type of anesthetic drugs used in any given procedure will largely depend on the type of procedure being performed, but the goal of anesthetic is always to keep the patient comfortable and allow the practitioner to do their work without causing pain. Common anesthetics fall into four categories. Local anesthesia, regional anesthesia, monitored sedation, and general anesthesia. Let's start with local anesthesia. Many types of procedures can be carried out using only local anesthesia, which targets a small area of the body. Drugs are usually administered by individual injections around the area that will be treated, so the most discomfort you will feel during the procedure will be those initial pinpricks. After that, you may experience some pressure while the medical procedure is carried out, but you should not feel any pain. Local anesthesia allows the patient to be fully awake and alert during the treatment, and most people have their first experience of local anesthesia at the dentist's office when having a minor procedure. Now, the benefits of local anesthesia are a minimal downtime, less preparation before you proceed, fewer side effects, and the ability to go home shortly after the procedure. The biggest benefit to local anesthesia is a reduction in downtime. By reducing the chances of side effects, including nausea and vomiting that can be associated with other types of anesthesia, and since the patient remains fully conscious during the process, it allows those who have a procedure under local anesthetic to go home the same day and return to their normal activities quickly. The decision to use local anesthesia will depend upon a number of factors, including the nature of the procedure, your medical history, and your personal choice. Local anesthesia can sometimes be combined with sedation, especially if you are nervous, a nervous patient who could find it distressing to be fully alert during a procedure. Okay, let's go on to regional anesthesia. Regional anesthesia is a form of anesthetic that numbs a specific part of the body, but a larger area than possible with local anesthetic. 
The most common known form of regional anesthesia is the type used during childbirth, also known as the epidural. But that is not the only form of regional anesthesia, and the technique can be used for procedures on the abdomen, lower limbs, or even the arms. It's a popular option for patients who have a medical history that would make a general anesthetic a higher risk. Benefits of regional anesthesia are as follows. They are suitable for invasive surgeries, allow the patient to remain conscious, can be safer for some people depending on their medical history, and there's less downtime than with general anesthesia. This type of anesthesia also provides pain relief for the immediate post-surgery period, but other drugs are commonly provided to ensure that you are as comfortable as possible during recovery. Downtime from regional anesthesia varies, but depending on the nature of the procedure, patients may be able to go home on the same day. Once the drug wears off, normal function generally returns, though regional anesthesia does come with some risks, like allergic reaction. Rarely complications occur with epidural and spinal injections that can result in temporary or long-term paralysis, but your surgeon and anesthetist should discuss all risks with you when presenting anesthesia options. Okay, monitored sedation. A monitored sedation is used in cosmetic surgery to ensure pain management and to keep patients comfortable during surgery, but you may also come across it during a diagnostic testing. Monitored sedation, sometimes referred to as twilight sedation, is administered intravenously by an IV and according to the American Society of Anesthesiologists, is used for shorter or less complex procedures or when regional anesthetic would not be effective. The benefits to monitored sedation are, you will be drowsy or asleep during the procedure, it's suitable for daytime surgery, can be a good option for anxious patients, and you will not be unconscious at any point. Sedation is a versatile form of anesthesia which makes it popular with the cosmetic surgery industry. It has fewer risks associated with it than general anesthesia, but can provide enough pain relief to be able to carry out complex procedures without putting patients under general anesthetic. There are several levels of sedation, and the level required will depend on a number of factors, including the type of procedure being performed. The primary levels of sedation are minimal. Minimal sedation helps patients to relax, but they generally remain awake for the procedure. The doctor will be able to ask you questions and you will be able to follow directions as needed. Then there's moderate. With moderate, patients feel drowsy during moderate sedation and may fall asleep during the procedure. You will also be able to remember some or all of the procedure and will be aware of time passing. And then finally, deep. Patients under deep sedation are asleep but not unconscious. You would have little or no memory of the procedure and may feel more tired than usual upon waking. A procedure under sedation must involve the presence of an anesthetist and you may have a consultation with them before your procedure they will take into account several factors to establish which level of sedation is appropriate, including your age, general state of health, the nature of the procedure, and your medical history. Okay, general anesthesia, and this one might be most relevant to those who are listening to this, thinking about knees and knee surgery. General anesthesia. 
General anesthesia is the best known form of anesthetic and is used for major procedures such as knee manipulation under anesthesia, total knee replacement, revision surgery, a lot of the things that you've been hearing about in our podcast. A general anesthesia is administered using either a mask or IV drip. While under general anesthetic, the patient is unconscious and some of the body's functions slow down, which makes it easier for surgeons to perform the surgery. That also means that you will not feel any pain or have any memories of the procedure. During the procedure, nurses and anesthetists will monitor your vital signs, including your blood pressure, and adjust the amount of anesthesia accordingly. Now, the benefits of general anesthesia are this allows for extensive surgery to be carried out safely. You will have no memory of the surgical procedure, and it allows the medical team to have control of your airways. The type of anesthesia used during a surgical procedure will depend on a number of factors, but primarily the nature of the procedure and your medical history. Beyond this, you may be offered a choice of options, and those who anticipate being anxious during the procedure may wish to opt for greater levels of sedation. These days, complications from all forms of anesthesia are rare, but they do remain a possibility. Your physician should always discuss any risks with you. Full details on your medical history and allergies will be taken during your pre-op appointments to limit these risks as much as possible. But if you have any questions or concerns, your medical team will be able to discuss them with you. While you may be able to return home on the same day as having a surgery under general anesthesia, you will not be allowed to drive. It is common for patients who have a procedure requiring general anesthesia to remain at the hospital or clinic overnight so that the medical team can monitor pain and other symptoms to ensure that it is safe for you to return home. Side effects are more common with general anesthesia than with other forms of sedation or anesthesia. These often include nausea, vomiting, dizziness, and, while rare, allergic reactions to the drugs used. I'm really pleased to be able to present this general overview of anesthesia. I know that some of these forms of anesthesia are not relevant to those going through a knee surgery, but it's good to have a broad perspective, I think, on all of the possible types of anesthesia, acknowledging that most folks listening to this podcast will be under general anesthesia for their procedure. I know that there's a lot of anxiety over anesthesia, and we have a lot of folks that just do not want to go through another procedure because of the anesthesia or also, in addition to that, the, the pain medication. So at least this provides some general understanding that we can all take and, and review. If you want to get more information um, about this, go ahead and visit the blog uh, page. It's at x10therapy.com. You just look up anesthesia and you'll come up with the blog. Uh, we have some good links there uh, on the article itself. If you have suggestions for other articles or pieces of research that you'd like us to cover, please feel free to email us at thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in information about knee surgery recovery, well, actually prehab and rehab, please visit x10therapy.com. We'll have another edition of the Bees Knees Podcast soon, so keep your eye on this feed for podcasts. Thanks for listening and have a great day. To learn more, visit x10therapy.com 1-855-910-5633.
just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.